There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there today. In other words, it's Groundhog Day. So we're bringing back my conversation with Bill Murray on the Kennedy Center red carpet when he received the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor in 2016. Uh, I thought maybe if I I didn't get back to him right away, they'd go to someone else. really what I thought. Now I wish I had waited, I had done that, but it's okay. Well, I kind of like that Zombieland one where I was myself and I was killed. You know, I, you don't get to die very often, and I chose to die in that film, so that was kind of fun, but Groundhog Day, I think, is a really unusually great uh, script, a great um, concept, an idea for a movie, but they, I like them all. I really do like them all. If you could have a Groundhog Day moment, uh, one day to relive over and over, either in your life or on set, what would it be? I think my, uh, my, my fifth birthday was pretty good. I, I got a, a Davy Crockett uh, coonskin hat, uh, a, a bicycle, a, a Cubs jacket, and a Cubs hat, and a softball. Cleveland's fun. They, I like their team. They got some good juice, but we got the sticks, and, uh, and we got the pitchers. Cinderella story about to become Mark Twain, champ. Is that better than winning the Masters, or would you rather win the Masters? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think about winning the Masters. I did win the Pell Beach tournament, though. Yeah, pretty good golf. And that was pretty good. My brothers and I were caddies, and so that's a lot. Of, that's where that came from. Uh, this is, we'll see. It's not over yet. It's not over yet. I gotta go in there, and I gotta figure out how to. I gotta figure out how to accept this thing. What did we see you roll down the? We saw a ball come flying in here. Oh well, he asked me to throw him a pitch, and I managed to throw him ricochet off the wall. <laughs> I had warmed up. I had loosened up, so I had to go. I also spoke on the red carpet with fellow comedian Jimmy Kimmel. Bill Murray is perhaps our greatest American. He is beloved by all everywhere he goes. He's like a, he's like a leprechaun. He's very elusive, but if you do happen to catch him, he presents you with a pot of gold. I don't think Bill Murray fever has ever really gone away. I think it's just been it's been simmering and, and you know, especially guys my age, I think we will always have Bill Murray fever. I mean, there will always be guys dressed up as Peter Venkman for Halloween. It's just a fact of life. We have the, the Halloween candy stuff coming up. Any any uh, good ones for this? Well, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So, But yes, we are going to encourage parents to take their kids Halloween candy. If someone did that for your Bill Murray DVDs, which one would make you freak out the most? Do people still have DVDs? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't even know how those work. <laughs> Do you have a favorite role? Uh, my, favorite Bill, my favorite Bill Murray movie... It's very hard to say. The first one I saw was Meatball, so I have a particular fondness for that one. Favorite quote now? Uh, There's a very large pair of underpants hanging from the flagpole. (laughs) I next spoke with SNL alum and Barry star Bill Hader. It's very simple of like you should just do things that you like, you know. 
I always felt that when he was in a movie, it was because he, he liked it. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't like a strategy or something. So he had a lot of integrity, which I liked. Do you have a favorite role? You know, probably either Rushmore, probably. And then when I was younger, probably Ghostbusters or Stripes. He's Bill Murray. <laughs> How does it feel to be the second funniest Bill here tonight? Um, I don't think I'm the second funniest Bill. I mean, I think Bill Gates is going to be here, I oh. think, and he's hilarious. And I think Bill Clinton's going to drop in, and he's going to be in. Who else? Lots of Bills. <laughs> Bill Russell. I think they're all the bills are right before me. Actually, there's a whole Bill Nye is going to come out. So yeah, they're all they're all here tonight, and then I, I follow up. I'm the last one. So <laughs> I used to they almost like what seemed like the absence of mannerisms. I thought was so cool. He didn't push anything as a performer, and I didn't know what that was when I was younger. But then as you got older and started performing and kind of really studying people, and even on a unconscious level, you know, okay, I guess I'm acting now. I want to see what they're, you know, oh, wow, he makes that look really effortless but a lot of work goes into that I, I now realize so his subtlety is great I next spoke with Bill Murray's Ghostbusters co-star Sigourney Weaver I do love the very beginning of Ghostbusters where there, he's um, conducting the electric tests and he's, he's torturing the boy and making the girl feel brilliant I just love that first scene it's just wonderful well you know he's it was really fun um I'd heard all kinds of things about Bill, and uh, you know, he really sees who you are. And he used to make fun of me because I was quite serious, and I was sort of the straight man in the group, but in a very loving way. And uh, he's w one of the most wonderful partners to have in a scene because he's so present. I think, first of all, Mark Twain would just adore Bill, and they'd be great friends. Um, I feel they have a lot in common. Somehow, they're both. Sort of iconoclasts, and um, and I think Bill is such an original talent, and so is Mark Twain. Ghostbusters came right between, uh, in the middle of Alien and Alien, so yes. it kind of allowed to show you a, a different side, a funnier side than Ellen Ripley. How did Ghostbusters allow you to show a different side? Well, frankly, if you do something like Ripley and you, you're in a serious film, although I'd mostly done comedy, it's very hard to be considered for a comedy. I had to audition for Ivan Reitman, and I had to convince him that I would be able to, to play this romantic comedy. And so I had to really work for the part. Oh, I think that entire scene is improvised, except for, um, I think there's three people in there already, you know, something like that. So, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's a, he was wonderful that way. Um, well, I think his manner is very loose. He's sort of very, you know, he's certainly, he's very particular about what he says. He's not going to say anything kind of that's just convenient or expositional. He's going to get to the root of it. And so he's very, he's very smart about what he ends up saying. Very clever and, and, and very good, I thought, at playing Peter Venkman, who was so awful. Was it hard going to the fridge for a while after that role? It was. It was, actually. I'm always a bit afraid when I open the fridge. Awesome. I next spoke with acclaimed musician Rhiannon Giddens. No, I don't know him, actually. I met him for the first time today. But uh, they asked me to come uh, to play for this, which I was, of course, very honored because I'm a huge fan of his. But also, you know, I'm a huge fan of Mark Twain, and I, I play period correct music on period correct instruments and so I thought it was a great opportunity to bring that in so I suggested you know a couple of songs that Mark Twain would have definitely heard and uh, they went they were excited about that so I'm, I'm really excited about bringing that uh, historical piece into the, the ceremony. I'm doing uh, the Boatman Dance and uh, Foolish Frog and I've got my 1858 replica banjo and my one of my bandmates on Bones and 
it's going to be really fun. The spirit of it, you know, it's 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 just that that the idea of, of supreme silliness, but with such you know just such gusto, you know, and and that's only of course one aspect of Bill Murray. You know, he's got the wonderful serious acting chops, you know, but it's just uh, as as a musician with the banjo, I was like. That's that's the way to go. <laughs> so, as a musician yourself, um, talk about the few moments that he's busted out in song, either with you know Star Wars or or the Very Merry Christmas. You know, talk about his singing job. Hey man, you know it's like <laughs> I, I think that that uh, everybody can sing, and if you know he sings like Bill Murray should sing, so <laughs> I think that's just fabulous. Awesome. Did you have a certain uh, role or movie of his that you grew up on and just you know oh, watched I mean, over and over? The usual Groundhog Day. I mean Stripes. I remember. I mean, Groundhog Day and, and uh, Scrooge are my are my favorite. I mean, Scrooge Scrooge is my favorite um, Christmas Carol adaptation. I just think it's brilliant. And so. You have a favorite line in Scrooge? Do you know? Oh, with the scene, of course, the scene at the end where he just goes completely off script and just you know just talks about what his revelation. I mean, that's just you can't. Nobody else could have pulled that off but him. You know. That's the key to all of his roles, really. Yeah, he's like the only one for every role. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, have fun tonight. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I next spoke with comedian Bruce Valanche who wore a Bill Murray t-shirt. My shirt, which is, is more, a limited edition. I mean, where else can I wear this? I think it'll have a canvas this big. If I, I might as well celebrate celebrate the friend over here. If I put the, it looks like he's talking if I have the mic on it. Say a Bill Murray line. Say a Bill Murray line. Yeah. <laughs> I've been scrooged. <laughs> Belly buttoned. Belly buttoned. Do you have a favorite role? Oh, uh, you know, I love the guy in Caddyshack. I just love the guy dragging the, the clubs around and all that. I mean, <laughs> I mean he's, he's done so much that's one. I mean, he's done stuff that's you know, more acting, acting than that. But I, you know, I love him that he can be so loose and, and, and then do something, you know, Really, really serious, like the the Wes Anderson pictures, or the um, the yeah, the Wes Andersons. I think or Saint Vincent, you know, which is yeah, really such a good good piece of work. Even like a lot of people forget he's in like Tootsie. He's like the straight. I think we're in, getting into a weird area. Here. But he's right. the roommate. Yeah. Oh right. Well, he you know he's gone. He does. He goes back and forth and does stuff. And after he had this reign at the top of the box office, and he, he did a passion project, The Razor's Edge, which was you know too serious for his audience. He decided, I think, to do. Um, more interesting, modest pictures because he had, you know, he'd been to the top, and and you, you can just stay there for so long doing that kind of those Groundhog Day and Ghostbusters and those gigantic tentpole movies. So he did a lot of really interesting, serious pictures like Western Translation, really interesting stuff. I mean, who who has that range? And what movie star of that caliber kind of walks away from all that and says, I want to do something more than these these 
box office popcorn movies that I've done. One it's very rare, yeah. I, mean, I can't, you know, can't, I can't think of anybody, as a matter of fact. And finally, I spoke with Ghostbusters director Ivan Reitman. What can I say about him, right? <laughs> I think he's just really smart. And, you know, you, you just never know what's going to happen. And that's part of great humor, right? It's keeping it fresh, never doing the same thing at the same time. He's respectful of the script, and at the same time, he always feels that he can top it. He's always looking to keep things changing up so that a director has the, you know, the most choices to make. Uh, for the final film. I was just talking about this with, uh, you know, with Sigourney yesterday, and she said, you should talk about this because it was such a great moment. When he first comes into Sigourney's apartment, Dana Barrett's apartment, in the very first Ghostbusters, and, and the scene didn't seem to be working. And I remember just yelling out to Bill, Bill, we need something here. Can you do something? And he, he walks into the apartment, he turns, and he sees this piano right beside him, and he goes, they hate that. <laughs> just out of his head. And it just changed the whole character of the scene, and it became this really teasing seduction for the whole piece. He can be big too, you know. No, it's a question of what the film calls for. You know, he's made these great speeches that, uh, you know, where he plays at the top of his range as well, and it's part of the joy of watching him. Now I know in uh, in Ghostbusters, there's the the line, you know, it's it's if someone asks if you're a god, you say yes, and then by by uh, Groundhog Day, he he said I'm I'm not the god, but I'm a god. Where is he in the you know comedy god level tonight? Well, he's at the very top, as you may have heard, he's receiving the Mark Twain Prize for comedy, and I don't think anyone deserves it more. <laughs> do you have a, a a favorite role of his that that you didn't produce? Well, I do love Harold's Harold Ramis's uh, Groundhog Day. I think he's spectacular in it. I'm talking about um, Bill yeah. and, and really, frankly, everybody else. What made Bill and, and Harold Ramis, the late, so great together? Because you worked with Ramis on Animal House, too, right? Before, but that wasn't with Bill Murray. But what was it that, that Harold, you think, brought brought the best out of Bill? Well, the, they were just really good together. I, I was very lucky. I got to work with all these guys even before Saturday Night Live and before all the movies. I had a show called The National Lampoon Show that had Harold and Bill and John Belushi and Gilda Radner and 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 um, and Bill's brother Brian Doyle Murray and so I had a really good sense of what they could do and Harold wasn't very well known uh, by the time we did Stripes and I told Bill I think I'd like to pair the two of you together I was totally confident in how well they would play together and it turned out good and he's not the only one that's been working with family members and you you got your son in this too Jason is an awesome director on his own right how proud are you just on a personal note of, of the whole father son thing. Well, I'm really proud of Jason. I, I have an extraordinarily talented uh, daughter as well, Catherine, and uh, who's now directing in Canada, and uh, also starring. And so, look, you you always hope that your children turn out well. So far, thank God it has happened. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.